Hello, hello, America. My name is Selma Khan, and welcome to American Girl, a podcast that's more of a love letter to our beautiful country that takes a look at how serious the influence of culture and politics have become. Okay, here's a story. You might be wondering what my credentials are in starting a podcast, and I'll be honest with you, I have none. Just imagine... Well, actually, don't imagine. I am your fellow American who's just pulling up next to you and my little papa-san as we talk about our country and watch it burn. Okay, I know, that sounds really dark. So just, like, imagine me pulling up and we're just kikiing. Full stop. (laughs) Um, Also, Google papa-san. I had one in my first apartment, and I still dream about it today. Initially, I wanted to do this podcast with my sister um, after I heard one of the episodes of Yo, Is This Racist? with Hari Kondabolo, and he plugged his own podcast that he had with his brother. So I was like, oh, wow, what a concept. Let me get my sister on this. She can be the Washington, D.C. side since she works at the White House, and I can be the Hollywood side. What a concept. I sent her a business proposal because she's that kind of sister. And she basically was like, oh, cool. The next thing you know, I'm on Snapchat and I see her in Italy. And I'm sitting here like, oh, wow, she really did me like that. So um, I'm not salt at all. Totally. But I can totally relate to the Carol and Barb storyline of this season's Orange is the New Black. Minus, of course, the crime that they committed. Um, I'm just kidding. I say this with all love. Um, I always joke how me and my sister are like Tom and Jerry. You never know if we're getting along or if we're going to fight. But I'll have her on in the future. And don't worry, my fellow queens. You won't be just listening to me alone. In the upcoming episodes, I'll be having some of my cuckoo friends come and co-host with me. And maybe you can join me too. It can be like a sleepover. (laughs) There is a concept I want to share and I hope to incorporate in this podcast and in my life. If you are part of the podcasting community, as you can tell by the many name drops I did of all the major podcasts I usually listen to, um, you might have heard of the My Favorite Murder podcast drama. Long story short, in the summer, they had um, their summer merch drop and the theme was summer camp chic on one of the tank tops there was a tp now i didn't know it till one of the murderinos which is what um we the fans of my favorite murder call ourselves pointed out that it was cultural appropriation now um in how it was responded to by georgia and karen the the hosts of the podcast um, I know that many of them felt offended because Georgia kind of was just like, we heard you, we're changing it, we're pulling it, and that was that, you know. And I've listened to every episode of the My Favorite Murder podcast, and that's like two years, <laughs> literally. And someone pointed out after um, others were calling the, um, them ignorant and dismissive, that in their university they had started a new class that surrounded around the LGBTQ plus community and it was a new subject and I actually forgot what the class was about. But many of the concepts they would be discussing would be happening in real time. 
And since everyone in class is obviously learning, if someone were to make a mistake, the person correcting them should assume goodwill. Basically, if someone is coming at you with a sideways comment, ask yourself, are they coming from a place of learning and understanding? Then assume goodwill and correct them kindly. We live in a call-out culture now where everyone is literally sitting ready to drag anyone for making any sort of mistake. And, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes ignorance is just ignorance. But sometimes, and most of the time, people truly don't know outside of the scope of what they've been through. And it doesn't hurt to be nice. And obviously, you can tell by their reaction um, how you should proceed. And I'm saying this, but I also believe it's not my job to give someone a full education on how to treat people who are different from them from them but at the same time like me being american muslim like i would want you to come and ask me the craziest assumptions you have you might have about me my religion and how it's practiced but you can tell when someone's confiding in you or if they're confronting you and all i'm saying is let's practice kindness and compassion and Going back to like the MFM drama, I do believe that Georgia and Karen are coming from a place of being open to understanding. And this is a learning experience for all of us. I know for myself, like if I say something wrong, I would want to learn and understand how to move forward better. And like, I'd like to know why before anyone tries to cancel me like let a girl know what's up (laughs) um but you can be nice about it (laughs) um i honestly started recording this podcast two weeks ago um on september 28th right after the senate judiciary committee voted to delay brett kavanaugh's hearing to have what we now know was kind of like a fake investigation by the FBI um, and it sucks but it is what it is and in the end you know he was confirmed he's now a Supreme Court justice but this isn't about him it's about Dr. Christine Blase Ford and Anita Hill this episode will be uploaded on October 11th which is the day Anita Hill was called to testify against the Supreme Court um, Justice at the time, nominee Clarence Thomas. As a survivor myself, I cannot imagine the amount of fear, anxiety, and the depth of pain they both had to go through in recounting what happened to them for the entire world and for generations to come. Let's also talk about, like, the sad sisterhood that happens when you learn who your fellow survivors are. Every woman has a story of sexual harassment and assault, and it's a spectrum. You don't have to be physically touched to be abused. And if you haven't picked up on it, I believe her. I believe survivors, and I believe women. The last few weeks have been very emotionally draining for many of us women, and it's over now like i said brett kavanaugh has been confirmed the gop has proven that they don't care about survivors they don't 
care what we have to say, we don't matter. And let's also not forget why Trump nominated Kavanaugh in the first place. So Homeboy could be the deciding vote against Robert Mueller's investigation on the Russians colluding in the 2016 elections. I mean, puppets. They're all puppets in this political theater, and we're the only ones who have to pay. And to be honest with you, this is what it must have felt like in Harry Potter when the Death Eaters took over. Dark times lay ahead of us, and it's up to us women to become the Order of Phoenix, and only we can build this country from the ashes. I had a friend say that it's a form of accelerated evolution. Like, it's really been a shock awakening in confronting how women are treated in this country. It, I mean, it, I feel like we're all waking up from a coma while running. <laughs> and millions of women who are dealing with this have to like remember instances that they had buried away in their hearts, tried to forget and to get through the pain, all because of these hearings. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, it's across the board. Like, you can even see it like in the eyes of some of the most like staunch Trump supporters. Like, Kellyanne Conway admitted that she was a survivor and my heart goes out for her. And like, even when she was confronted and asked like, well, don't you think that survivors, as a survivor, survivors should be heard? Like there was a glitch in the programming that Trump has on her, you know? And I'm not like, I want you to know like, this is not a Republican. I'm not trying to pit Republicans against Democrats. like. Both parties are shit, and they have proven that they aren't for people, the people of America. And I'm personally done with this two-party business. We're literally voting for the same monster. It's just the choice of, do I choose the donkey one or the elephant? And you know what? It's our American right to choose whoever you want to vote for. But even as I'm saying this, I'm like wondering, are we low-key in a dictor dictatorship masquerading as a, <laughs> as a democratic government? I mean, I don't care that Trump wanted a Republican nominee for, for the Supreme Court. That's fine. It's obviously the American way for like the president to choose from his own party. But you are actually honestly telling me that there is not one republican judge in this entire country that doesn't have a rapist past that you could have chosen from like you're doing your own party dirty and you're disrespecting the hard-working republicans who are for this country you know the united states of america and i honestly just do not understand the women who are taking Brett Kavanaugh's side, knowing the evidence, knowing they've been, knowing they've been or have heard about similar situations, and honestly, to the women who say, "Well, women lie sometimes," there truly is a special place in hell. Even the devil is looking at you with contempt. And we also have to re-examine the culture that we're raised in as women. I remember when I was a teenager and entering my 20s, 
all the guys I grew up with would always say girls don't get along. Like, they honestly would live for that. And this was in my home state of North Carolina. These guys would love placing seeds of doubts between girls to prevent any sort of solidarity. And on top of that, we're living in a society that has culturally like taught us to like subconsciously, if not consciously, strive for men's attention. We compare each other's beauty, intelligent, youth, education, wealth, and even now, how many followers do you have? If there's a girl who's, who's just a little bit more charming or a little bit more beautiful, she could take your man. Girl, take him. If he ain't gonna love me for me, who wants him? But remember, you letting him pick you, you just made yourself replaceable. We just need to stop falling for this pick me mentality because each of us are original and are unique and we can all dance together in the sun. Like there's a place for all of us. So I guess today's theme is all about the Supremes. <laughs> I wish it was about Diana Ross, but we're talking about the Supreme Court. And um, one of the concepts, again, I want to like hopefully incorporate in this podcast is just remembering like the great Americans that came before us that honestly already made this country great. And listen, I am a woman of color. I'm Muslim. I know this country is not perfect. We are far from it. But I do know and I do believe in the American spirit that we can grow from this. And I do believe that there is a huge spiritual revolution. (laughs) I don't know any other way to describe it. That's coming. And it's scary because we don't know what the future holds. But we have to remember that we're all in this together. Um, So let's talk about this great American. Um, I decided to choose actually the first Lady Supreme Justice, Miss Sandra Day O'Connor. She is 88 today, her birthday being March 26th. Um, She's an Aries, a fire ram. And she was born to ranch settlers in El Paso, Texas. She spent most of her childhood living with her grandparents while she spent the summers in her parents' home state of Arizona. Um, She went to this really big um, all-girls school in El Paso, Texas that my parents had initially wanted me and my sisters to go to if we had stayed longer when my dad was stationed there um, for the army. It's called Radford, and, like, I had dreams about it. Like, it was... From what we were told about it, it was like how a little princess, like they had lunch, like a proper settings, all that stuff. So you can imagine the kind of education she came up with. She went on to study law at Stanford um, University in California, but when she graduated, all the law firms she applied to only offered her positions as receptionists. The reason being, um, no law firm had ever hired a woman lawyer before. I mean, there's absolutely no way for preparing for such a thing. And so it was um, that Sandra decided if she couldn't be lawyer, she was going to be judge. And luckily, in her home state of Arizona, judges are elected, not appointed. So she did the American, American way of... 
uh, basically campaigning, raising money, garnering attention for policies she stood for, and converting voters. But she did lose the election, but it did teach her the valuable lesson of the electoral process for judges, and it allowed her to have a critical opinion on it. She later went on to um, working for um, the San Mateo district attorney and the deputy district attorney. And when her husband was drafted, she moved with the family um, to Germany, I believe, where she served as a civilian attorney. Fast forward to 1969, she's now assistant to the attorney general of Arizona, when she was appointed to fill the vacancy in Arizona Senate. Now pause. I just want to point out that I would completely fail third grade social studies if I had to take a test right now because I legit did not know each state had their own Senate. Like, first of all, that is a commentary on, Amer on the American educational system. Um, I'm sure, like, if you hypnotize me, I could probably find that memory, but I probably deleted it to make room for my string theory on the trajectory of Kim Kardashian's inherent rise to fame. So, <laughs> Sandy runs for Senate, and this time she wins. This makes her the first woman to serve um, as any state's majority leader. And on the, on the Senate floor, she gets a reputation for being a skilled negotiator. What's up, Forensics Debate Club? Uh, I was president in high school. After full two terms, um, she leaves the Senate and goes on to serve on the Arizona's Court of Appeal. Then, one faithful day in the summer of 1981, Sandy receives a call from the President of the United States, the great communicator himself, Ronald Reagan. He informs her that he had made a promise to the American people when he was campaigning that he would be the first president to nominate and confirm a woman Supreme Court Justice, and he planned to keep his word by nominating her. Now, here's the gag. Sandra Day O'Connor is a Republican, but the grand old party was literally up in arms because even though she found abortion to be, in her words, repugnant, Sandra Day O'Connor is pro-choice. So, that's what her hearing was all about, abortion. The religious right was afraid, but they were correct in assuming that she would uphold Roe versus Wade, which she did, because despite not agreeing with the institution of abortion, she still understood it's a woman's right to choose what her options are. All grievances aside, she was confirmed by the Senate with 99 in favor, zero um, not in favor. And as a Supreme Justice, she became the swing vote as the Supreme Court became more conservative. Um, she voted 82 times in favor of the conservative side while only siding 28 times with the liberal block and her residency her scandal that she had while being on the supreme court was the fact that she was it was overheard or probably confirmed that she said that's terrible when she was erroneously told that al gore won the 2000 election which also Many of her critics said that she should have recused herself when she also voted for ending the investigation in the whole Chad scandal, which many believe is what led to George Bush being elected. Um, now, here's the part, again, 
that um, third grade social studies failed me on. But uh, we're, we've been told in these hearings with Brett Kavanaugh that a Supreme Court justice is a position for life, but you can retire. So in 2005, Sandra Day O'Connor let President Bush know that she would like to retire and be with her husband who was suffering from early stage Alzheimer's. He passed away four years later, and today she works tirelessly to bring more awareness to the disease. She's also written numerous children's books about her early life living on the cattle farm. And I tried to find her opinion on Brett Kavanaugh and everything, and I couldn't find any. I don't blame her. Supreme Court justices are um, meant to be bipartisan. If you watch the State of the Union address, um, usually whatever side, whatever party the president is, they usually stand up and clap and whatnot. But the justices all, regardless of what their party is, have to stay seated because they have to be um, uh, basically neutral. Um, so I don't blame her on not having a public opinion because the last time she gave her opinion post-retirement, it was in a Washington um, Post op-ed where she commented on how trial lawyers should be able to appoint judges, um, to which her detractors said she should have just kept a cool sphinx-like front, which, what? Are you legit telling her to just sit there and be pretty? Shut up. So, if I could leave you with um, one sentence in remembering the legacy of the first woman to be Supreme Court Justice, it would be that Sandra Day O'Connor did what she thought was best, not for the present, but for the future, and that compromise isn't a loss of power, but a form of understanding. I started recording this the day before, and I went to bed after like studying all of these women who have made this country great. Um, and I was thankful for them paving the way for all of us, you know, for those that, I mean, it's been hard for all of them. There has been no easy paving the way. Um, but even though I went to bed content and feeling blessed and full of gratitude, I woke up to finding out that Kanye West literally jumped in Donald Trump's lap while telling everyone that we should not focus on the future and live in the present. Okay, let's, uh, let's say that to all the families who have been ripped apart and they don't know what the future holds for their children. Um, also, uh, charges against Harvey Weinstein, who honestly was a catalyst in this amazing and heartbreaking movement uh, with the Me Too movement, have been dropped. And then also, uh, heartbreakingly enough, the footage that shows 14-year-old Brennan Walker being murdered um, for walking up to a house um, because he needed to ask directions because he was lost. Um, before you ask, he was, and yes, the man who shot him was what you think he is. I just do not understand, truly do not understand for the life of me how a certain demographic of people can be so brainwashed, so conditioned to allow their brain to be 
diseased deeply enough that when they see a certain skin color, their first reaction is to automatically reach for a gun to kill. What is it like, honestly, to not have a heart and not see a little kid who is lost? Like, in the surveillance footage alone, it breaks your heart because he truly looks like any other innocent teenager with a question. And honestly, I'm not going to be nice about it anymore. Racism is a disease, and being anti-racist has never been used as fuel to kill or oppress the way racism has. One last note, today is International Day of the Girl. If you can't volunteer or donate to organizations um, that help girls across the country and world, then honor the girl in you. Talk to her, embrace her. She still lives in you and you can still make her dreams come true. It's honestly, like I want you to know it's never too late to start healing and you have every right to be living your best life too. And just like RuPaul says, if you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Remember, self-care is not selfish. It's selfful. You're allowed to shut out the world, spend time on doing what you love that makes you feel good, and you don't need to answer to anyone but yourself. Celebrate all that is uniquely you, queen. And it's also National Coming Out Day. Shout out to the strength and the resilience the resilience of the lgbtq plus community you have helped this world be more fun and beautiful no one can take that from you and as ellen degeneres said the best gift you can give yourself is the courage to be who you really are god bless and be safe whether you're in the closet or openly out you are important and your voice your being and your presence matters be amazingly you all right that is the episode for this week if you have any comments or critiques hit me up on twitter at salma underscore khan or on insta at salma khan i'll leave the info in the description because of spelling along with the sources i used for today's episode thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me on this adventure. I hope you guys join me for the next one. And remember, it's less than 30 days before November 6th. Make sure you're registered to vote. And remember, country before party. And Siri, play stop in the name of love by the Supremes. Bye!